Welcome everybody to another episode of Float Your Boat. Float Your Boat. Boat. Who boat, are you? Boat. I'm going to row my boat today, George. My name is George Savados and you are? Brett Pattinson. You're going to row your boat where? I'm going to row my boat next to Willie the Boatman's boat. Well, who do we have Across on today? Across the Cooks River. People. We have four people on today, don't we? Pat, Rick, Mac and Ernie. Pat, Rick, Mac and Ernie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Patrick McInerney, yeah? Patrick McInerney. Tell us a little bit about Patrick. I'm just trying to find his bio here, George. It doesn't really matter. We know what he does for a living. He makes beer. He makes Our favourite thing. That means he's a bloody good bloke. He's, before we even meet him, we know he's a good bloke because he's a microbrewer. That's right. I always wanted to meet uh, a girl whose dad owned a brewery. What happened? I never did. Never got round to it. But, but I did get close. I met a girl whose dad, dad owned makes a pub. wine. No, no. Oh. I owned a pub. I thought you meant your wife. That's Remember her? Oh yes. Well, he makes wine very poorly, but I'm, I know that. <laughs> I know that uh, Patrick. He makes beer very well. I, and I think uh, Pat. Pat was a guy that grew up in Victoria. Um, started out as a rock and roll promoter. Mm. And that, that went so well he got into brewing beer. It went so further south and he came north. <laughs> <laughs> he came north to Alaska. <laughs> Way up north. north to Alaska. Way up north. North to Alaska. North to Alaska. Go north for us <laughs> so why don't we get him in so he can tell us his story? Let's get Pat in and talk about beer, our favourite thing. Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Pat, how are you going? Great. All right. Something uh, well, is that how you'd say it, is it, George? Ha! <laughs> ha! Come on. You ready? <laughs> so, hello, Pat. How are you going? Great, thanks, George. Well, How are you? That was a good. great intro, intro, George. You're yeah. just on fire today. I am on fire. Ah. Thank, welcome, welcome to our studio. Thank uh, you. It's uh, gorgeous and glamorous. It is Thank quite you. glamorous, isn't it? Yeah. The wood panelling. The... And Brett just sets it off nicely, doesn't he? Absolutely. The wild open spaces yeah. of the studio. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Pat, beer. Yes, I love it. You love it. Um, so do we. <laughs> tell us. You can tell by George, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 took a, it took a lot to create that this shape. <laughs> but, but, Pat, uh, your earliest memory of beer, tell us about it. Oh, oh, my... No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we just start? Let's oh, go, come let's on. Go back. It probably goes back to when he was a toddler anyway. No, no, let's, let's, let's go back to where you grew up. Where, did you, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Look, I, I was born at Frankston Hospital and uh, I grew up in Langwarren in Victoria, southeast Victoria, just uh, out of Frankston, really. We used to play at the Pier Hotel. I oh, mate, from. yeah, I loved the Pier Hotel. Yeah. And I take it being a tall, a bit of tall timber, you must have played <gasps> AFL, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, sadly, uh, my ball handling skills aren't that great. So my brother was the champion sportsman and I was the champion benchman. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. George has got good ball handling skills, don't you, George? But not those sort of balls. <laughs> you know, that is outrageous, Brett. I don't know why I put up with you. So, so, so uh, just one brother? Or? Uh, yeah, one brother, three sisters. Three sisters. Ooh. Yeah, good Catholics. Yeah. But, but Frankston, I mean, he's a long way from Sydney. How would you end up? I mean, obviously there's a story in between, but so tell us, tell us what happened in Frankston. Uh, not a lot happened in Frankston. <laughs> <laughs> except for the Pier Hotel. Yeah, except for the Pier Hotel or the 21st Century Dance Club yeah. upstairs. Yes. I take it that's the only place of entertainment in Frankston, is that right? Oh, no, there was Leggy's, the Grand Hotel across the road. Uh-huh. And then there was the Vines in the car park down at the beach. All uh-huh. three hotels were... How did you know those places being a kid? Uh, I didn't really. I, I, must, I was a pretty... Um, unfortunately, I was in a very... Um, 
adventurous child. So uh, going to the pubs, underage and stuff like that really wasn't my scene. I, I was still pretty well hanging on to mum and dad up until I was about 17. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't... Uh, yeah, drinking wasn't something that was really big to me when I was uh, under eighteen. That's that's for sure. Really? So so you you weren't in with those those kids? Yeah, no, it just didn't interest me. I would rather, you know, I I um I like kicking around. I like riding my bike and you know and mm. hanging out. But mm. once and also let's not forget, back in those days, this is the sort of. Uh, 80s, Frankston was a bloody rough city, mm. you know. It had a terrible hero, heroin yeah. issue. Yeah. Uh, there was always fights at the pubs. And even at, when my mates were going off to a blue light disco, you know, they'd all come back to her school on Monday at Baxter Tech, one of the, such a rough school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they'd all come back and have stories of how many fights they got in. So uh, really probably th- that and the drinking really didn't, you know, I- I'm a lover, not a fighter, yeah. so it really uh, didn't interest me in going so, out. So you finished school and off to uni or? Uh, no, not at all. I finished school and I decided I'd become a rock and roll promoter. Ah, is that right? That's a slippery slope. Yeah, it was, and a, and a slippery. It was a quick slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> so what? what but, what, but what? 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 What possessed you to think of that? Uh, I really wasn't into once. I, I my schooling wasn't fantastic. I went to a very rough, rough school, and so the thought of going to another school. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> to me, I, I just no way. I'm out. Of, I'm out of here. I'm so, out of Frankston, so, and I'm, I'm off. But you, you got into ro- to rock and roll promoting, but you didn't go to the pub. So you liked music, obviously. Oh, I, I've always loved music. Right. So I, as soon as I was 18, I, I was really at that stage. I was really into sort of punk music. I listened to it a lot. Um, and then I just started bringing bands down from Melbourne. Um, right. You did. Uh, yeah, we, we oh, were from Sydney. They'd come down and I set up a little circuit. Right. Um, Langwarren Hotel, Baxter Tavern. What years <laughs> was, was that? Because oh, we, we was, might have been there. This is the uh, late 80s. All oh, right, yeah, probably yeah. just 80, after 80, that time. 88, 89. Right. So and bands like? Oh, we had Hard-Ons, we had Girl Monster. Uh, we tried to get Tism quite a few times. Uh, we had X with Ian Ryland. Um, yep. uh, it was fantastic. Oh, really good fun. And a couple of times we made money, a couple of times we did our asses. Um, yep. And then we... Uh, well, uh, what, what, what makes you do your ass in? Um, uh, well, just no one turns up. You love wow. it. The problem is you, you, when, you're, when you're doing this as a young person, you're not doing it for business reasons. You're doing it because you want to go and see the band. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bad reason to start a business, I reckon. <laughs> a bad, very bad reason to start a business. So, needless to say, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I stopped doing that for a while. <laughs> so, so, who was your favourite favourite ever punk band, both oh, here or overseas? Look, it was uh, have to be Black Flag. You know, it's hard to picture you as a as a punk. Seeing you now, like it's hard to. What were you like? What what, what did you look like back oh, then? Oh, look, I was probably fatter. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, probably. And uh, I, I've, I've got terrible hair, so I've never. I was never. <laughs> I've got really thin hair, so I've never been able to style it. So since about sixteen, what, I, what this has been my haircut. This is my life. Well, haircut. that doesn't look very punky. <laughs> nah. You look like a bowling ball with a bit of hair on it. <laughs> Sorry, it's a... <laughs> George is insulting our guests. Oh, no, I didn't mean what? to insult you. I'm going to throw this whole coffee yeah, over no, you. No, no, no. My mum would not listen to this. <laughs> George being Just you have a perfectly shaped head. It's guy. perfectly round. Struth. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry, Pat. He does this all the time. George goes everywhere twice. The second time to apologise. Right. Ah! I'll come back to you. No worries. No worries. So, so you gave up the rock and roll promoting. When? So when did when did the move to Sydney happen? Oh, look, that was that was uh, in my mid twenties. So um, I got. I, in my mid twenties, I realised that oh, there was something in a university degree. So. Um, I rode my push bike to Darwin from Melbourne. 
Wow. For a sabbatical. And um, and then I, I was about three quarters of the way to Darwin. My sister had moved to Perth for a, a, a job over there and she called me and said, look, I think you'd really need to go to university. There's a degree over here, I think, that w- would really suit you and I'll help you with your application and all, you know. And anyway, so I got to Darwin. I stayed for a couple of months and then I flew down to Perth and I stayed with my sister Helen and uh, I went to Edith Cowan University. I got in um, and I was looked after by a terrific head of department um, who, who, you know, uh, could see that school... Uh, my education wasn't, hadn't been great but, uh, you know, could see my potential and he believed in me and uh, he dragged me through the course. And I Which did, was? It, it was a, a Bachelor of Arts in Arts Management at uh, WAPA, actually. Right. Oh, OK. Yeah, and Bruce Finlayson, who's still a mate of mine today, yeah, he literally dragged me through the course. Um, progressively, my uh, writing and grammar got better and... Um, and uh, I, from there, he, after I finished my degree, Bruce knew one of his mates was in Sydney working at SBS television and Bruce organised to get me a job in TV. So, um, and then that set off like a 20-year career in television. Is that right? Yeah, so I was a TV producer. I was a researcher and uh, a TV producer. And then... Um, I was at seven producing and uh, for for a lot of the time, um, got to go on a few good trips around the world and to see things I would never have seen, and um, I, I uh, ended up on My Kitchen Rules, which I hated, and then I ended up on Better Homes and Gardens, and I thought, oh my god, everyone's just in this office to die. <laughs> but, and I thought, oh, I'm out of here. I've had enough of this crap. But uh, look, I mean, I hope you're forever thankful to your sister, oh. Helen. I mean, how did she understand you so well that she picked it? I don't know. Helen's just, Helen and I have always been quite close out of all my sisters. I mean, I love them all, of course, but mm. Helen and I have always been particularly close. And, um, you know, she's just always, she was the one who got me into music. Um, and um, you so know, she was behind the idea, not the not the stupid idea of becoming a rock and roll <laughs> producer uh, promoter. No, she was she, every birthday she would send me uh, Ella Fitzgerald record or oh, right. a, a Fats Domino record or uh, you know records of those black things with holes in them. Yeah, yeah, remember those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, many of our listeners might not know know those things, but, uh, but you know, I mean, obviously you and uh, Helen and you had an affinity around music, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And, it was, you know, and it was, wasn't just top of the pop stuff, the thing I loved about it, like one year she sent me Handel's Water Music. Right. And you know what I mean? It was just, she would just send Where albums she? To, she was in WA at that uh, No, this, this is when I was very young. Sorry, I've stepped back. This yep. is when I was very young and she was living in Melbourne at the time. So she's a f- quite a few years older than Yeah, you. she's uh, ten years older than me. Right. Yeah. So she was long gone from home and you were still well, you know, just a kid. So, yeah, basically, yeah, absolutely. That's so, right. Pat, I'm hoping that in the present day you, you do give her free beers. Yeah, I do. As a, as a thank you. Yes, yes. And when I go to Melbourne, she gives me free accommodation. Oh, that's a sweet. That's a sweetheart deal. That, that is. is a sweetheart so, deal. So, so you, so you went. You were in television for a long time. So you yeah. probably got lots of great stories around the TV. Yeah, yes. tell us one of the weirdest moments. Well, I used to do border security. So uh, oh, I, 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 from the pilot, I was on border security for about five years. Right. And. Um, Look, it's quite mundane actually, but um, one of the funniest things uh, personally, I thought this this little guy got off a flight from Bali and he was pulled over, and he had all this horrific porn in his <laughs> in his bag. It was shocking. Was it, it was it George? <laughs> it wasn't George. It's too. What? Hang on. What? <laughs> I, you could search for that stuff guy. on the internet. It's Why weird. would you have to bring it in? Oh, this is yeah. This is sort of pre. Oh, not pre-internet, <laughs> but it was. Uh, it, it wasn't pre-internet but it was, you know, when the internet wasn't, it was still too clunky. It would have been, right, yeah. Right, right. You yeah, know, you not gone, like it is. Ah! <laughs> not like, not like <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Now you can put, put it in. Oh, Brett, how do you yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Wait wait for it to, you know, speed up. Uh, it was still dial-up, not, uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, but this guy was really short 
and he had all this porn and, and like, I was just, I was completely blown away. He, it was, you know, I, I hate to say it, but you think of it, it was probably in that bag, right? And then <laughs> he... Uh, it already sounds funny. And then he, they said, oh, the officer said, look, we've got to put your bag through the x-ray. We'll put your shoes through too. And his shoes, they came up and it looked like there was uh, something in them. And they're going, oh, hang on a sec. What's going on here? And the guy, and they're going, what's in your shoes, mate? What's in your shoes? He's going, nothing, nothing. What it, why, why? And they're going, no, nah, no, nah, there's something in there. There's something in there. There's an organic matter in your shoes. He goes, oh, can you turn the camera off? And we went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, they're my lifts. He wasn't embarrassed about the porn. <laughs> he had lifts in his so shoes to make him look taller. And he, and he still looks short. And well, I'm six foot five. Everyone's short. <laughs> but but that, that's fantastic. So the porn was fine to be on board of security. <laughs> yeah. but, 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 you know, he didn't want his lifts to be exposed. No. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good story. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. Great story. yeah. Uh, Poor little fella. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little wearing pumps. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> oh, I've got to regain my composure here. So, <clears throat> you, what made you decide to get out of television? Um, well, like I said, like I said, I walked into Better Homes and Gardens. I was there for a while, and yeah. everyone was really old. I mean, look, I'm 49, mm. but a youthful 49 year old. Yeah, I, I and, can see that. And. Um, People in there were had been there on the show for years. Yeah. It and honestly, it's the same show every week. And honestly, they they would give me a story to go out and do with like Joanna or Uncle Harry or Rob Palmer or or Graham, and I go, oh yeah, I know this story. I saw I, I saw it last year. <laughs> so it was just an endless loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, well, it's roses season, right? Oh Graham, off we go. Come on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I could see how you were really excited. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't anything there and the crew wanted me to kind of, uh, the, the cast kind of wanted me to update them and, you know, make them a bit, because I always said, look, I remember that seeing you do this story when I was a kid watching at home with my oh mum. Oh, my God, wrong you know? thing to say, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, most of them were pretty old. Let's face it, Dr Harry and uh, Graham have been on the show for 20-odd years. So. Yep. And they're going, oh, how can we make it new? And, and, and every time we tried to do something, I'd just get punched in the face by the executive producer. Mm. So I just went, oh, <laughs> stuff this. And at that time, Nick, my business partner, and I were really mad home brewers anyway. And we used to go fishing most Saturdays and mornings and then we'd brew beer Saturday afternoons. And but you met him at work, yeah? No, I met was... Nick on the school run. All right. So uh, we, my then wife, my then family uh, moved to Tempe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd moved from the North Shore because we couldn't afford a house in Harbord. Yep. And, um, and, and we could only afford a house in Tempe. And we, um, we kind of made, our daughter was going to childcare. And so, you know, obviously when you're a parent, you meet other parents and stuff. And Nick and I pretty well clicked. You know, he's a very he's completely different to I uh, to me. He's the total opposite. But um, Nick and I just got along really well. We had similar interests, um, similar theories on life, and um, so we yeah. So I said, oh look, I've got a boat. Come fishing, and then I went, and then he bought some beer over to my house that he brewed. I just went, that is the worst freaking beer I've <laughs> ever tasted. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Come on, next weekend I'm getting a kit and we'll make, uh, we can do a lot better than this. So that's how the sort of the beer thing started. Right. And then it started getting really serious. Our beer started getting actually very good. So we, at the first stage we were using cans and then we went all the way up to using um, you know, the raw materials, the grain. Um, I threw in my job. Nick was an, he's an engineer by trade and he, he works on big events. So he, he, you know, like the cauldron at Sydney Olympics and he did the big oh, screens wow. at London Olympics and his only opportunity for a job at that time was to go to re- move his family to Rio for five years to do the... The Olympics. To do the Olymp- Brazil, yeah, Rio Olympics. Wow. And he went, I really don't want to do that. And I went, okay, well, mate, well, I reckon we should back ourselves in. 
and, so, and start a beer brand. So as many people, well, as George and I would know because we've run small businesses, how did you, how did you get the coin together to put a brewery together? Yeah, well, look, uh, our, our, well, my then wife um, and Nick's wife uh, agreed that we could borrow money off our homes. Right. So, but we didn't have a lot of money. We had three hundred thousand, uh, of which Nick put in. Uh, I think, yeah, I put in a hundred, and Nick put in two hundred, essentially. Right. And then, but there now, I still owe him a shitload of money. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. Well, you took, but you're you, pissed and happy. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can, can finalise that when you cross the finish line. But uh, yeah, that's until right. then. Um, <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so we, we didn't have a lot of money at that stage. Everyone said we wouldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Um, uh, everyone, uh, the brewers were saying you haven't got enough money, which was true. We didn't have enough money. Um, but because of Nick's... Nick's a genius. He's, he really is. He's a, he's, he's a very, very clever man. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> You'll never get a word out of him, but he, can just, he fixes everything. So, but, so what year did you start? Uh, we started. We started in kicking the idea around in 2012, and we opened our brewery in 2014. Gee, we must have popped Which in is, right Yeah, because it was the beginning of Mungle Joe's. At the yeah, time, wasn't so. it? You guys were in quite close. We were. We were. I, I, I remember walking into the place, and there were very few people in there. Yeah. So it must have been the very, like the the start of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I remember thinking how because you know. I've been in business for a while. I know how tough it is to, you know, create the cash flow and, and grow a business mm. organically, especially when you're doing it with your own pockets. Yeah. And I did say to Brett at the time that, uh, you know, you're going to have a, like a, a tough road ahead of you. So <laughs> how'd that go? The thing we were able to do uh, was with Nick, we were able to repurpose dairy equipment into brewing equipment. And right. so we are able to actually build our brewery for very cheaply. Is that right? Um, so we, we kicked in with the 300 to start with. Most people at that time were kicking in about 700 to right. start their breweries. Um, so, so we were very lucky. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we still really are run on a shoestring. Of course. Um, but uh, the turnover is significant enough that we're getting paid now. Our staff get paid. We've got brewers. We've got, you know, we've got casual staff. Yep. So... Um, so the business actually from then, it, it's grown very steadily. And our, our problem is we've never had the money to grow to where we need to be. Mm. And that, so we're always running out of beer. Obviously at that point a lot of businesses go out and look for investors. So you you thinking of that or? Uh, yeah, look, I'm quite happy to say we've just taken on some investors. Right. Uh, we just, right. We've got proof that the business is working. We've been in now four years, uh, five years as a beer brand. So we've got proof of, we've got proof of concept. Uh, you know, the company's making money. <laughs> Not much, but it's over the, red, it's over the black yeah, line. Yeah, that's great. Um, and anyway, yeah, we've just taken on three investors, which is really just one company have yeah. come in and um, they're angel investors. They've been great. Um, the thing... Why I really wanted to look for investors was not just for the capital injection for the company, was because I always thought the company could generate a, its own capital or enough capital to keep growing. But the actual reason why I wanted investors, and I was very picky with who we got, mm -hmm. um, because I wanted their business acronym, something that Nick and I really don't have. Like, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a company that started with negative 300,000. It's turning over about 1.2 to 1.5 million now a year. Yes. But it's almost too big for us. You know, mm. We're not business people. <clears throat> I'm not a business person. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a great front of house person uh -huh. and Nick's a, a, a brilliant engineer but we're not business people. So I really wanted to get someone who could, you know, really not so much punched in a heap of cash. I mean, that, that's a byproduct of what we really wanted. And, but it's really their, their sense of business to help us grow. Yeah. So, so from the, what was, what was the, f oh, sorry, George, have it's you got an actual legitimate business question? Because I was just going to ask about beer. So if you've got a Oh, mine, mine trumps yours. <laughs> oh, well, you, you go. I was just going to, so I was just going to get, well, go actually. On, George, go it, on. 
it relates to beer. George, let's go ask, back a little bit. A I'm going to ask the go, question. Come on. Let's go back a bit. When did you start liking beer? You said you didn't. You, you said you didn't like beer probably, when you were younger. Yeah, probably about 18, 19. You started going. Once out. he had a couple of failures on the rock and roll circuit, <laughs> <laughs> he started drinking. <laughs> oh, gee, Pretty much. Good. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I couldn't <laughs> afford it. Never going to bring the Johnnies back to Melbourne again. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> okay. I love that band. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but you, 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 um, yeah, but yeah. you, you, your the name of your company is Willie the Boatman. And I remember when we first met you, you told us the story. Now, maybe you should share the story. Sure. So William Kerr was a Scottish convict who was transported to Botany Bay in 1827. And then he was sent over to the landed gentry over at Woolite Creek, uh, A.B. Sparks, who who, uh, had a house on the Cooks River, or the mighty Cooks River as I like to call it. (laughs) And uh, uh, A.B. sent Willie to work. Uh, as the as his boatman, and his job was to row across the Cooks River. He did it for 25 years, actually, which was quite a long time back in those oh, days. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, every day of the week, every day of the week, and he was probably bringing, you know, and at, at that stage, Tempe was the the outstation of Sydney. It was kind of like the last place you went to uh, before you you hit the bush. So, um, yeah, so his, his job was to take supplies and people over to the A.B. Sparks house, but also for people who wanted to continue their journey out, out I suppose, out west. So he, he was a convict? He was a convict, yeah. And was he emancipated at some stage or he remained uh, a convict? No, he, he died a convict. Um, I don't think he was a, I mean, he was a convict, right? He wasn't a particularly good person. I mm. mean, we don't. We don't um, sort of glorify him in any way. Um, it was quite a rat bag from from the history, from the small bits of history that I've read about him. Um, but you know, the thing that I, I love about the story is that um, A.B. Sparks is buried at the St Peter's Anglican Church. Uh, mm-hmm. Willie and A.B. Sparks are, are both buried there, opposite opposite Mackers. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a beautiful graveyard in there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, and on AB on uh, Willie's grave, there's a, 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 a an inscription from AB Sparks, uh, "Forever the loyal servant." So oh. th- they obviously had some connection, you know. And um, when uh, when Willie died on the banks of the river, um, AB was in his journal was actually quite upset. So he, I mean, although he was a convict and a ratbag, there must have been something good about. About the gentleman, and the name's fantastic. It's 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 a great name. I, it is. Thank you. you. Know, I've always liked the name. I must admit, I I haven't had the pleasure of drinking your beer. We were supposed to come down in the early days on a Friday. I think yeah. you were doing your stuff, but we just never seemed to make it, did we, George? No, too busy doing our hair. Too busy doing this bloody podcast. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But uh, now 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 over to you, Brett. You did have a question. What was the first beer you brewed? Oh, what what style was the first beer? Oh, look, out of a can, it would have been a Cooper's Pale Ale. Right. Oh, um, terrific. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, right? Mm. Uh, if it's done well, and then probably the first one that we brewed um, with all raw <coughs> ingredients was uh, an IPA, a West Coast IPA. And, and who helped you with that? Was it uh, YouTube? YouTube, yeah, yeah right. And how'd it go? Uh, actually, surprisingly well. I mean, you know, uh, once again, Nick being quite the detailed professor that he is, uh, you know, we did everything by the rules and at the end of the day we actually made quite a lovely beer. Right. And do you still have that, that recipe in your retinue? Or uh, you... Look, that, yeah, it's called the Crazy Ivan. was always called the Crazy Ivan. Ivan Smith is a good mate of mine. So the thing about Willie the Boatman is that because Willie's dead... We decided to name a lot of our beers in the beginning after living local legends. So we've got Crazy Ivan, Ivan Smith, who lives in Tempe. Todd's Trailer Ale, who's Todd Payne, who uh, lent us the trailer to go and pick up some brewing equipment. (laughs) (laughs) He's a living legend. He is a living legend. We've got Rachel Cider. Uh, Rachel wouldn't come to the brewery unless we had a cider, so I said, I'll make you one and... 
now you have to come and spend your money here. <laughs> and, um, and then we've got Albo, uh, named after our local federal member, Anthony Albanese. Albo. <laughs> what style's Albo? Albo's a corn owl. So, oh. and it, it's not because he's corny, it's yeah. that, sorry. Ding! <laughs> I was going to laugh. Yeah. I just... now, it's actually not because it's corny. Uh, the history of the beer is it's a really working class beer. Um, it was made by during Prohibition, probably by ex-slaves, farm you know farmhands, mm. and they were look to tell you that they were using corn because they they couldn't get malt, and also corn's incredibly ferment uh, ferments so well because it's just sugar, and uh, they probably didn't have the ingenuity to make it into whiskey, so what they could do the first part of the the whiskey making process, which is the the you make beer. Mm. Um, and then they would drink it after work. So it became known as the American, the original American lager. Yeah, it's, it's a very so rare beer. Rare? So, so it's, what is it? it? Does it just taste like a lager? Or, it, it tastes like a full-bodied lager. We only, we only use 5% corn in our beer now. Uh, it, it's just because otherwise it would be disgusting. It would just be, right. taste like, you know. So a full corn rock. beer doesn't taste good? I wouldn't imagine. <clears throat> I, I think it would be like drinking... Um, Unrefined whiskey, and and it has a yellow hue, or it's uh, it would have had a amber hue, yeah, right, yeah, yellowy, goldy, yeah, right. Hue. Um, yeah, I've never tried to brew a hundred percent corn beer, but you know the big breweries use corn syrup. I, I thought um, uh, the Mexican beer, what's the Corona? Was Corona, it? yeah, it's so yellow. I thought that was made of corn. It, look, it's made a lot with corn. Yeah. Um. So, but it's uh. I wouldn't say a lot of corn. I'd say probably nowadays more corn sugar. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Now talk about talk us through the ingredients that you use. Yeah. Is there anything um, special given Nick's propensity to be detailed and, you know, focus on the, yes. the minute stuff? Is there any look, well, story I think, behind the details? Uh, look, not much different to any other brewery. Um you know, we all source our stuff. But the thing is we actually use malted barley, uh, which I think is really a beautiful ingredient, and, um, and hops from all around the world. We use – we try to use a lot of Australian New Zealand hops, just not – they're actually more expensive than the European and American hops, right. but it's just a – you know, it's just that's nice. That's a size scale thing. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so there's not anything in particular that would blow your mind when you come into the brewery and see the ingredients, but it's just a, it's just so our brewery is very tactile. So you know it's a very laboursome brewery. It's not a modern brewery. Everything needs to be lifted and touched. And so uh, I, I just love using raw ingredients, which is what I'm just trying to say. That's what I love. I, 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 there's nothing better than an open bag of barley and walk mm. past, grab a manf- mouthful and. So you started with just you and Nick. Yeah. How many have you got in there now? Oh, so we've got two full-time brewers and then we've got a, a bar, uh, then we've got like three bar people. Wow. So you've re- so it's really... Growing. And he's open. And yeah. he's open first he's thing open in the morning. Today, right? No, he's open first thing in the morning because oh. he does tastings early in the morning. Oh. Yeah. That'll be good for he's, you. And your, he's an early and your, riser. And your problem. No, I, yes, I think, I think I'll be coming to see you. <laughs> One thing I'm not is an early riser. <laughs> I struggled to get here this morning. Um, uh, yeah, look at nine, around 9, 9.30, whenever I get in, the boys and I, the brewers and I will do a taste test. Um, just of a new beer, we might have changed the hop variety, we might have slightly um, changed the yeast variety. Um or a malt variety, so we'll come in and have a taste and we'll compare the last batch to the new batch. So so <clears throat> do you sell to many pubs now? Like, or Yeah, we're in. We, we do. We're, we're not over the Bondi side yet. No, I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, we're about five <laughs> kilometres. You'd be hard hit within five kilometres of the brewery to not see a pub with us in. So well, that's that's great. I mean, it's mm. it's it's uh, within it's a true reach local of beer, isn't it? well, it's within re- reach of your horse and cart, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, that's yeah. basically it. Yeah, but but you're you're in many respects you're bringing back the old way of of um, beer production, which was local. Like, yes. a, I mean, if we go back to medieval times, I think every tavern produced its own beer, right? Absolutely, and they yeah. were 
they were closely guarded secrets. Like yes. some taverns produce really good beer and that's others. That's when you were drinking, right? <laughs> that's when I started. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I look pretty well preserved, don't I? It's all that beer I've had. Uh, but yeah, but you're um, so you're you you've localized. The Very brand. much so. Right. So the challenge for you then is yeah. what, what kind of challenges do you have now? Because you're... You're growing. And you're growing. Yeah. You're a There's local... There's only so many pubs in the Tempe area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, St. I know. St Peter's and Tempe. There, yeah, used yeah. To be, there used to be a lot. There, well, yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah, we're in... We kind of go to just the outskirts of the city. Right. Um, yeah. And we don't cross the... Oh, we only cross the Cooks River... For two venues, south, which is uh, that's the bush, right? Yeah, that's the bush, man. There's only bush <laughs> rangers out there. Uh, and, and Willie's great great grandsons <laughs> now rowing the boat. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, I'm just uh, uh, Barwell Valley Golf Club. Okay. And I'm just trying to th- oh, and um, and Pazark in Canterbury. Okay, so mm. so <clears throat> obviously now that you've got investors, you're that the, I assume that the method behind that is to expand more. Correct, correct. What's the next steps? Okay, so we've just actually, uh, as we speak, um, Nick's back at the at, 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 a, at our brewery and we've actually got a new site. So we've just purchased a, a, a brand new brewery off the shelf from China um, and we're growing from 3,000 litres a week to about 9,000 litres a week and that, should, that production process should start in about a month. And will um, it fit into the same building? No, we've moved. We've gone, we're still at Precinct 75, yep. but we've moved to a bigger premise out the back. So okay. we're, we're losing our street frontage, but mm. I'm not too worried about that because we've been there for so long now. People know to find you. Yeah. But, but that's a lovely precinct that you're in. I mean, it's a real classic building. The axe-throwing... People. Yeah, yeah, we got the axe. We currently share a wall with the axe throwers. You don't, um, you know, they don't start throwing axes after a few beers, do they? Well, what could go wrong if they did? <laughs> <laughs> they probably throw straight. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. I mean, some pubs have dart throwing, but they have axes. So, axes. Right. <laughs> so for people that are listening out there, not the people overseas, because they probably won't get here readily, but like, give us the address. Oh, so our. Our new, uh, our new building, which uh, our new brewery is at 601 75 Mary Street. Yep. Uh, enter in off Eater Street and uh, just come down the laneway and we're right there. That's in St Peter's for mm. those oh, yes. who don't know. St Every, Peter's. I know that that's a great building and it's, there, there's some great businesses in there. Yeah. Um, but it is sort of, if you're not an inner west person, you would never find it. Oh, no so, way. You know, but I think that... You know, if you're out there listening, we've got a lot of our listeners are probably our age. Mm. Um, they'd be the they're your target customer, absolutely, in a lot of ways. Um, mm. Yeah. So, so if a, if one of our listeners was to walk into your place, which beer would you recommend? Which which is your favourite? Oh well, I I actually like the Elbow is probably my my go to beer. Yeah, I'm thinking Elbow myself. I, it sounds. Good. Yeah, yeah. Always pause a little bit to the left, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Has he come to visit? Yeah, he's, he comes in quite. Don't often. tell me he's a regular. <laughs> well, <laughs> so he's, he's quite busy up, at the moment. He holds so. up the corner of the bar. <laughs> no, no, he's not there that he often. He DJs on a Friday morning at six a.m. <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Has he done a DJ? No, he hasn't done a DJ set there yet. But um, I'm sure he will at the new place. Well, there's a there's something that your uh, marketing person should uh, work on. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's me. Oh, <laughs> you're the marketing person yeah, as well. Yeah, I do social what other media. Hats do you, uh, you social hold? media. Yeah. Uh, manage the front bar. Uh-huh. Uh, sales. Well, uh, yeah, toilet well, cleaning. We need. To the, t- we need to talk after this interview. I think. Um, I've got some great ideas. You're the quintessential um, like small business owner. Uh, Pretty much. With, with all the challenges ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, of growing, that is. Yeah. Because obviously your aim is to replace yourself in many of those. Roles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... So you can sleep in some more. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite habit. <laughs> Next to drinking. Uh, <laughs> um, they go together nicely. <laughs> well, one leads to the other. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, look, I, I hope so. Um, I must admit, though, I pretty well love, love it. I really, really freaking love it. 
That's well, great. Well, look, you know, it's not as if you came in here with your heels dragging dragging across the ground. I mean, you you have a smile on your face and you, you're quite cheery. Yeah. Like, you know, most people, I would say, don't look that way when they're off to work. Yeah. Well, you How know, do you feel about well, small, that? You, and small business is a, is a tough road. It is a tough it's road. It's obviously not been an easy road for you. And no. It, and it's not like you're buying, you know, penthouses, in, you know, in St Peter's. But no, I live in Marrickville single men's quarters yeah. at the moment. That's, <laughs> 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 that's a one-bedroom. It's a that's also known as a Marrickville penthouse. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's right. Oh, it's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't laugh at that kind of misfortune. Hey, <laughs> Have you ever slept at the brewery? Uh, no, not yet, but I've come close. I've slept at my roastery a lot of times. Did well, you? You've never slept on your bags of bags of malt? <clears throat> no. No? No, I've always managed to get the Uber home. Right. Yeah. right. Oh, that's good. That's so good. I do have a question for you. It's a bit, a bit out of left <coughs> field. When I was a kid, yeah. my parents had a, a milk bar. Oh, yeah. And I remember back in those days we used to get five kilo bags of malted barley that we'd put in the milkshakes. Yeah, beautiful. But we're talking about the real malt. You could actually taste the grain or that granular taste as you drank yep. it. But it was so delicious. It's the same thing. It's the same thing but... But it's a powder, It's right? not sold anymore, right? So only brewers have access to that stuff now, yeah? Yeah, well, I think that that malted... Barley that you're talking about, I remember it because I remember there was nothing better than it used getting to stick malted. To your mouth, yeah, like it's, it used to, yeah, really. Um, you can you can actually get it at brew shops. You can still get it, but right. yeah, um, it's much more processed than the the malted barley. Oh, you meat. wouldn't buy the, the 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 stuff that passes for malted barley now. It's it's like instant. It's yeah, it's like Ovaltine or whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, but but we can still get the. Yeah, you can from a. a it's got a malted dextrin, <coughs> which is basically is the same thing without the flavouring, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. There you go. Because you were thinking, oh, I'm going to make some milkshakes. Malted I'll get some milkshakes, off, off. original malted oh, milkshakes. I mean, uh, you, could, you, know? you could you could do that easily in your place. Like oh, have yeah, a, I don't know why we don't for the for yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> because 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 you drink you're happy drinking beer. But for Correct. those people, for those people who who are designated drivers, oh, as we'll talk. Yes, we could give them. Maybe a malted, you should start doing malted milkshakes. Gee, they were great. You just yeah. brought back. I a, know. the memory just flooded back because it did really have a different taste. It didn't was it? such a beautiful milkshake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I grew up in Melbourne. We've got something in common. I'm almost Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew uh, up in Melbourne, right? Oh, which was the first? Which was the first Greek word you heard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone knows that one. <laughs> but you're not fond of goats, like George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong with goats. I like uh, goat curry. Goat curry. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you know one of. The, my, my fondest memories of going to Greece is milking goats for, yeah. to make cheese. Yeah, beautiful. It's, and it's beautiful. wearing those boots so you can put their tuck so, hey, oh. makes them. Don't, don't go there. That's a bit rude. That's a bit I rude. I don't want it to speak happen. about your girlfriend like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Obviously, you're going to cut all this out. No, I never do. do I? No, you do. <laughs> those bits I never cut you out. You better cut it out. <laughs> so, Righto. So, Pat. <laughs> yes. Pat, we're almost getting to the end of the interview. Oh, uh, what a shame. No, no, we can go on forever. Like, ah, uh, I could, believe me. Look, I, look <laughs> no, no, you, you, you've had, okay, so you've had, uh, you've had five years in yep. your business, right? Mm -hmm. And you run a bar. Yep. And like anyone who's ever worked behind a bar, there must be a fabulous story or two that you could, you could share, surely. Do you know what? I don't think there is. From my, uh, we have a pretty. You know what the fabulous thing is? All the people who come into our bar, all the people I meet, all our locals, mm -hmm. all the friends I've made. Um, that, that's the fabulous stories mm. that, from our bar, and that's that's quite serious. I mean, we've had very little, if no trouble. Um, yeah. Have, you, I, I think, have you ever had a catastrophe at the brewery? Oh, daily. Yeah. <laughs> but like like nothing massive, like you haven't blown up something. Or well, actually, the other day we blew our three phase, and uh, luckily the Sparkies were at our other at our new space, and um, it was apparently about second, seconds from disaster. <laughs> like we're well, yeah. lucky the Sparkies were there. Yeah, we would have had a major fire incident. Really? Yeah. You're, and you, um, um, what, what set that off? Those just the, what's that? What set that off? It's a oh, old building. Lots of power being drained, you know, yeah. through the kettle. So, Pat, you're, you're I mean, you know, in, in the old days again, going back to yeah. my time, yeah. uh, you know, 
publicans used to be the cele- local celebrities, right? Absolutely. And obviously you now gained a bit of traction and notoriety in the area. Mm-hmm. Ever think of politics? No. I've been asked that a lot of number of times. You have? Yeah. No. No, you just no. <laughs> well, no, no doubt? No, no, doubt. no doubts? No doubt. Okay. No, no way. Why not? Uh, no way. I just it's just so unappealing to because me because he's, he's enjoying making beer for making anybody that makes people happy like you. Yeah. Are, in my books, that's a job that you wanted. Well, look, I've given myself until I'm sixty, and I, only because I'm lazy, I want to retire early. But <laughs> um, but I look, I, I was th- it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day because I, I was working out my my as we do walking to work. I was working out my life plan, you know, escaping from the Marrickville single men's quarters <laughs> <laughs> into maybe a fancy two bedroom flat somewhere. <laughs> oh, you have aspirations. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm a high flyer. <laughs> Oh, quick question for you. Is your mum and dad still alive? Uh, mum is sadly dad passed away about right. ten years ago, actually, a few weeks ago. And what yeah. is, she, is she? She proud? I guess she'd be. Yeah, proud yeah. Of mum and I, I, it's a real shame actually that dad's kind of missing this. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, yeah. he was very close. He was. We were a very close family, um, and we're very well. Uh, although uh, my sisters and brother are a lot older than I am. Um, mm. Yeah, Dad and Mum and Dad were very much the, 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 the glue that kept us together and uh, we're all very fond of our father, so... And Mum's still down in Melbourne? Yeah, or she's, she's still in Langers, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They, Same uh, house? Uh, no, unfortunately, well, not fortunately, uh, Mum and Dad started getting a bit... Oh, Dad started get, getting a bit old and um, he bought into a retirement village right next to his... his mad Catholic, Irish, Irishman Catholic. And uh, they, this villa they bought... Was right next to a church that he, the Catholic church that he was very involved oh, in. I thought you were going to say pub. No, no, <laughs> very, very no, well, um, and uh, yeah, and so when Mum and Dad bought that, the uh, the school and the church put in a gate right at Mum and Dad, right next to Mum and Dad, so Dad could go to church. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have to walk around. He could just walk straight well, that's through. That's very nice. Yeah. So he, he was a pretty well religious respected. fellow, huh? Very, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, he, he grew up, he was one of 20. Um, what? Island, yeah, it was one of 20. Oh, Mum was an orphan hell. and poor dad. Oh, not an orphan, but, well, she, yeah, she was. She was, grew up with her grandparents and with two brothers and dad, dad was one of 20. Well, wow. um, so have you ever had a family get-together in... There, you know what? I've come close to going to Ireland. No, there, there are millions of them. <laughs> well, for a, we had some Irish guy kid, uh, cousins come over a few months ago. I said, "Whatever you do, don't go back to bloody Birmingham and tell them I own a brewery." I said, "I'll be inundated." <laughs> so, how do you pronounce your surname? Mac and Ernie. Mac and Ernie, right? Mac yeah, and Ernie. like the three of me, Patrick Mac and Ernie, or the four yeah. of me, Pat, Rick, Mac and Ernie. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, schoolyard jokes. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I get you every time. So, so thanks for coming in today, Pat. No um, worries. We always finish with a song. So tell us about your song. Oh, listen, there. It's uh, it's a great song. It's a um, it's by Asleep at the Wheel, and yep. it's called There Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens. Before we go. How do people get in touch with you? Oh, just uh, probably email via our webpage, which yeah. I actually don't because that's down at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Another one of those disasters. That's, uh, that's, his, that's his marketing don't email. Marketing don't contact expertise. me. I don't want anyone turning Check, up. This is Pat's <laughs> rock and roll promoting. Don't contact <laughs> at me. At its best. At its <laughs> best. Right. I can see why I didn't. Get, go so on well. to Google. <laughs> Google them. Google Willie, Willie the, Boatman. the Boatman. New South Wales, St Peter's, Sydney. Okay, everybody? Thank you. Pat, thanks for coming in today. It's been thanks. a hoot. Thanks, uh, thanks Pat. You guys. Thanks, thanks, mate. Folks, how about joining in with it and singing a little song? Let me see now. Uh, oh, here's a right good one. Oink, oink. One.
One night Farmer Brown was taking the air Locked up the barn and with the greatest of care Into the hen house something stirred When he hollered, who's there? This is what he heard There ain't nobody here but us chickens Ain't nobody here at all So quiet yourself Stop all that fuss There ain't nobody here but us And kindly point that gun the other way And hobble, hobble, hobble up and hit the hay Cause there ain't nobody here but us chickens Ain't nobody here at all You stomping around Shaking the ground Kicking up an awful dust We chickens trying to sleep And you butt in And hobble, 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 hobble With your chin calls tomorrow It's a busy day We got things to do We got eggs to lay Round the dig and worms to scratch Thanks a lot of setting Getting chicks to hatch Cause there ain't nobody here But us chickens done Nobody at all So quiet yourself that bus. There ain't nobody here but us. They kind of point that gun the other way. And how, 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 yeah, it's Cause there ain't nobody here but us They're gonna point that gun 